Dang. Like, testing, testing, testing. Is it? Oh, wait, I'm testing. Yes. Evacuate the dance floor. Yes. I'm infected by the sound. Yes. <laughs> now that works. Wow, the tea is exceptionally hot today. That's uh, because I boiled it. Do you forget your little intro? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I, I, I remember it. Well. <laughs> yes, I would like to open the Let's open it in triplicate. <laughs> Just so we really Like a legal document. It's not very long, is it? Hello, and welcome to the Face Downs. <laughs> no, you didn't tell me we were starting. I always start ran- randomly. That's chaotic. You keep, keep you guessing. Hello, and welcome to the Face Downs, your source for TC. See, I got you again. That was a fake start. I paused. Because you start talking and don't give me a countdown. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Face Downs, your source for TCG strategy and all things Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm your host, Lucas Flynn. And I'm Ruben Kruger. And, well, we're back, 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 back. Back again. We decided the podcast comes out whenever we want it to. <laughs> and that's the rule. That's the rule, everybody. Weeks are a structure developed by the patriarchy uh, to make Sundays worse. How, how's your week been, Ruben? How's your month been, in fact? Gorge hen. Uh, it's been, what, two, three weeks since we've done Sunday episode? Yeah, about that. About the time it took, you know, to actually, like, get good at a deck I mean, and practice for an event. I mean, we've been quite busy, though. Like, we've done... We've had a wedding. Jesus. Yeah, uh, we did. We had... We didn't get married. No, we didn't get married. <laughs> for reference for points. Um, That's illegal. We had a... Tri- no, it's not. <laughs> it is actually the opposite of illegal. It is legal. <laughs> um, we had a trip to Nelson. Um, and That's we true. have just recently uh, cons- concluded the uh, tournament on as of the Saturday. Yeah, I closed the door on that. Yeah. Period. The eighth door. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> fifth technically. Eight. You don't have to come top four to come fifth. True. Um. So yeah. So we've actually been quite busy, and also there's like once again, surprise, surprise, as of classic Yu-Gi-Oh fashion, bugger all to talk about him. Uh, Until now. Yeah, I was gonna say we we've had a lot of news in the last few days, and you know, exciting reports. Last week on Saturday if my brain is working correctly, there was a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. A yes. relatively big Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Was it officially sanctioned? No. No. Of course not. However, there were 66 players, and yours truly did come fifth in Swiss, top eighting, with Invoke Dogmatic Ashtol. Meta. Hold your applause, everybody. Meta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Meta. And it was actually like a super cool event. Uh, it was hosted by Shuffle and Cut, which is a surprisingly like pop in store. Like, I, you know, it came out and it was like New Market... Was it Wednesday, Thursday night hobbies? Get like Thursday. 25 people. Yeah. Uh, the organization of the event was like really smooth as well. Was, Hang on. For the first time in Yu-Gi-Oh! history, the event finished early. The event, there was no delays, which is like insane. zero delays. So I was on the other side. I was part of the judging team. Yeah, Ruben um, judged. I played. And yeah, wow. Well, off without a hitch. No issues with pairing. Uh, very little cheating. I mean, from I what did, I saw, I caught a couple, but I was walking around. Well, that's exactly right. You um, caught them. <laughs> yeah. No American. No. No, no American Mexican. LPs or Mexican Helka Fibrax yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> no shade to the American one that was actually caught. Or was it was it the Spanish Dinko? 
Uh, well, <laughs> this is this is Spanish. There's a lot of cards, apparently. The Spanish draw. That was yeah. the, that was the Spanish draw. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, uh, Duel Links. He just mistook the game. He thought he was playing Duel Links. He yeah, can activate Miracle Draw. Um, yeah. So I think that it was a really good event. I am very awesome. impressed with how it ended up going. Uh, obviously, like I said, it finished early, which I mean, when is the last time you can ever say that about a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament? I know. <laughs> or to anything in general right now, because everything seems to just take over, yeah, yeah. take a lot of time. Um, so I we were there from eight in the morning and we left at about what, 6.30 at night. Yeah. Yeah. So full 10 hours. Yes. That is how 24 Ye- hour time works. 10 and a half hours. Ye- yeah. I mean, we kind of finished at seven. No, it was like six. It wasn't it like earlier six, than... No, it was 6.30. 6.30 finish. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were there for 10 hours. The event was only like eight at most, which is really neat. Like from start time to finish. Uh, for seven rounds with top cut as well. Let's mm. not forget that. Which of course mathematically makes sense, but if any of you have ever been to a Yu-Gi-Oh! regional before, sometimes you're waiting like an hour, two hours for like the pairings to come out or just like some stupid stuff happens where someone just didn't have a Konami ID and no one brought it up until 45 minutes after the start time. Yeah. Shade, shade, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, that was a refreshing surprise. And yeah, like I said, seven rounds, Ruben was judging. I was on Invoke Dogmatica Shadol. Went X, one, one. So one draw. One uh, loss. One loss. The draw was against the mirror, which is fair. That's how you play the mirror. You often go to time and it just, no one could capitalize on the game three. My only loss was to God. Niche. Niche on PK, PK right? Fire. He was on PK fire. And that was just a, a sorry case of just like drawing the absolute garbage. A literal dog. Like a literal unplayable dog. garbage. <laughs> it was like double super poly with Nadia ta- tactics. And I think he ashed my melt. Oh, he ashed my Nadia. He yeah. Ashed Nadia. And I'm like, well, I can't set beast and I don't run a generic super poly target. So I guess I just lose. And I, I lost to exact lethal, which was rough because it wasn't easy for him to accomplish it while playing under, you know, obvious things like Nibiru, Lancia, like things he would be maybe... Uh, expecting me to throw down having just, you know, dead ass passed on nothing. Um, so that was unfortunate. The draw was, like I said, to the, the mirror, but X11 was enough to convert to top cut. And uh, my first round was against Corey on, I guess, Zodiac Eldritch. Didn't see any of that. Uh, he gammed me and then made Omega under Lancia because he gammed me and then used Lancia. Uh, and then I just lost to Omega and Zeus. <laughs> it was rough. An Imperial Order. An Imperial Order, which he... Like, the amount of times that I drew triple tactics and the man had Imperial Order, unbelievable. Um, but that's fair, right? Like, you tech an Imperial Order for exactly the Shadol Mirror, or, or Shadol matchup, should I say. And, of course, Eldritch is a deck just comprised of sick trap cards. So and, wow, uh, wow, I don't want to deal with Order anymore because I just send it for cost off Well, he Eldritch. did, and then I gammed his Eldritch, and I was like, hot damn. I got this, and then he ashed my. He ashed the shadow fusion. That I, no, he ashed the meltdown. Horrible. So anyway, I didn't make it to top four. It's okay. Yes, the event was taken by Prank Kids, uh, piloted by Andrew Dudson. Second place being uh, the lovable fan favorite Jordan Hakawai. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Jordan Hakawai again. Amazing. The man is built to top events, and literally, like, no one has a bad word to say about him. No. But, yeah, so uh, the, <laughs> win- the winner was Andrew Dudson of Team Hoonhei. Uh, congratulations to the Christchurch representatives. Um, but I guess, yeah, let's kind of break down what we saw hmm. that day. Um, so top cut. What was in top cut? So top cut, you had two Shadol. Shoutouts. Uh, you had a Prank Kids, a Dinosaur, 
uh, a Zodiac, a Zulich, and a Dragonlink. I believe that's yeah. eight, if I can count correctly. Two, yeah. And then six, one. And the off. players yeah. were uh, Scott Beersleon, Scott Beersleon, Doll, The Mirror, which was you. Marshall, so, shout outs on Dragonlink. Shout out, Marshall. Um, kicking our ass to keep doing this podcast. Yeah, that's um, true. He's the reason we're making this, because otherwise... He would, you know, skin us alive. Yeah. But Marshall on Dragonlink also making the top eight. Just kidding, Marshall. Love um, you. We've had Drew Garriak on Pure Zodiac making top eight. With uh, Ross on PK. Ross on PK. Yeah, okay, that was the last one. Ross on PK Fire making top eight. Yeah. Um, who, I, then, who I beat in like, was it round, round three? Round three, yeah. That was a surprise. Was no, it was like an early round. round I think it was round, round two, two I beat Ross. And when I saw him in top oh, cut, I was round like, two, yeah. oh, awesome. Like, you did like the Rocky thing where you lose the first round and then like just don't lose after that. I was quite impressed. Well, so he he went X2. Him and yeah. Drew were X2 and their tiebreakers were the best. Because they lost to me? No, you didn't beat Drew. No, I didn't beat Drew. Ross, but I beat Ross, yeah. Ross lost to you and you were fourth. <laughs> um, fifth. Uh, then top four was uh, Corey on Zodiac Eldritch and then we had... Uh, who else? Andrew against Corey, and it was Scott versus Jordan Huckaway. Yeah, so Scott, uh, yeah, Dog Doll versus versus Dino, and so, then Zulich versus Prank Kids. So really diverse. Yeah. So there was a lot really of Dog diverse. Doll. There was a lot of Dogmatica Doll. Quite a decent amount of Dragon Link and a decent amount of Dinosaur. There were no, not a lot of Dragon Link. Uh, there was still some. It was like a chunk of the the pie. There were only two Prank Kids players, and also only two Zodiac players in total. Including all the variants. There was one Zoodlich, one Zodiac. Both the Zodiac players topped, which is quite impressive. And, you know, the fact that Prank Kids only having two players, one of them won the whole event. Uh, and the other one uh, dropped. Yeah. Shows how. <laughs> shade. Shows how um, variable the New Zealand meta is. Like, it's not quite as similar as American meta, where you see no. a representation then kind of convert to the top cut. And I think that's because a lot of people in New Zealand like to pick their kind of favorite deck and stick with it you know like we have a common theme in our meta of like the same player returning with the same deck winning event after event after event because people here either aren't teching against it or are so concerned about what else they might have to face that they kind of just like forget that jordan hakawai is going to be there on dinosaur you know what i mean his name is naibo yun and he plays zephra <laughs> not anymore not anymore but yeah like jordan hakawai shows up with dinosaur literally every tournament and tops and i'm not saying that he's not good at the game i'm just saying like Damn, well, you can, it's consistent. You it's can just consistent. you can just beat dinosaurs, right? Like, surely you can just beat dinosaurs and know that he's gonna be there. <laughs> like, it's I mean, insane. I think, I think since Eternity Code, I've gone. If your deck can't beat dinosaur, you're not competing. Especially in New Zealand, and I mean that doesn't really extend to the rest of the world. I think yeah, combo is a lot more prevalent in places like America. You see a lot more people. Europe, yeah. Like, I think combo is like we look at so many of these the deck breakdowns. Obviously, like following directly after our event we had the conclusion of the uh, remote dual invitational and the lcs both taken out by dragon link yep so it's so interesting to see here our finals be between dinosaur and prank kids whereas mm. in america we see dragon link making it all the way to the end when we didn't see like we saw one dragon yeah. link in top eight and it was Marshall, who's just like a good player. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Not a lot of good pilots in New Zealand are actually on some of the more the meta popular decks, yeah. meta decks right now. And I think that's quite fun. Well, not only that, but also a lot of them, because our meta is so control-oriented, like I said, Naibo was on Dragonlink. He went X3. 
He also like doesn't play Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. To be fair, but I mean that that's irrelevant to the fact if he, he's an amazing combo player, a, a very established yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh player, and for someone who understands the game to just kind of with the deck, it's tough because I don't think that that deck's any complex, like any more mm. complex than what you were playing. No, uh, but I think um, the meta was just not ready for it. Like, for example, the Dragonlink end board on like a good hand, you're looking at. You know, maybe an Appaloosa, a Hot Red, a B-Sav, and Spheres, right? Yeah. How many... Sit Trap. Yeah. How many decks in this format were playing some variation of Super Polymerization, Triple Tactics Talent, or AirPods Dragoon? All three of which just annihilate that end board. Like, you can just break it. The AirPods Dragoon players are just going to run like Dark Ruler No More, Summon Dragoon, Pop Pop, you know, board gone, right? Or Droplets, deal the damage even Mm. better. Um, cards like Pot of Prosperity, getting you access to those like going second cards. Shadol just has a native out to that entire board, which is insane. Plus they run Tactics, plus you run Shadol Fusion. Like I, I find that the Dragonlink end board that people are aiming for is a lot better if the pilot is willing to be conservative and know that it's going to get broken. And I don't know if a lot of Dragonlink players no. in New Zealand are playing it in that way. I think there's a lot of commitment to like powerful end boards and a lot of commitment to like hey if i just what if it gets broken <laughs> hey if i just went 50 percent, yeah i could hold on to the risk but um yeah and i think that's quite uh, prevalent with a lot of those combo based decks um, i mean we've talked about it you stop a prank kids player from even getting to the main phase to activate pandemonium they're dead yeah and it literally did it runs into a slight issue the dragonling end board if they are going for the hot red line which is the most common hot red line it's like an auto lose to mystic mine <laughs> ironically because of the way mystic mine works if you play it you can't hot red it no you have to negate the activation which means if they can bait the the singular b sav you just lose to mystic mine of which dinosaurs and prank kids were remaining yes so yeah interesting format definitely a heavy mystic mine format a heavy dragoon format not that it converted to top cut but there were a lot of dragoons there i did see share of you play gravekeepers next to me on the top tables uh numeron eldlich was being played like adjacent to the top tables as well um so there was a lot of just like random one card stun floodgatey yeah. kind of things I mean, going we've had on this conversation with dino as well and a lot of our people that we play Yu-Gi-Oh with uh, he and a lot of people agree including myself control is a lot more popular in new zealand it just yeah, is it just is and i think because it's a lot more comfortable um you know it's a lot less of an investment of time which i think is something that people really value as being able mm. to just like minimize the time and maximize the efficiency yeah um so it can be quite hard for someone to just put in the hours and repetitions with a combo deck well we have um, less hobby leagues we have smaller hobby leagues that like you don't have the syndicate yeah. to lab against and i also think culturally new zealand kind of has to be an anti-meta country if you look at us from like a world's perspective we're not going to show up and be the best dragon link players in the world it's just not going to happen no, because we don't have the people to train against, the labbing, the the hobbies, the tournaments, etc. But we sure as hell can show up with like some random thing no one's thought of, and win. And I think that's true to like a lot of New Zealand spirit. Yes, we like to be disruptors and kind of outside agents that come in with something no one's ever thought of. Yeah. So that also ties into like the control builds because of course people are teching in like every floodgate trap under the sun trying to deal with whatever is meta. Yeah, and I think that we're gonna see a bit more variation come the next couple of sets um i think that obviously 
we haven't talked about on the podcast, but the uh, announcement of Diviner of the Heralds and Mubeda Fafnir being in Lightning Overdrive, they do make, you know, a, a combo deck such as Drytron a bit more enticing. Um, yeah, I am out here, like, actually trying to buy Novas. <laughs> I'm not even lying. Um, uh, I feel so stupid. Uh, well, the set wasn't worth opening. Like, it literally wasn't worth opening. I know, and I even pulled one and sold it, but it's like... It's fine. Now I'm just like, oh, Diviner, though. Diviner's so cool. <laughs> like, it's so dope. And, of course, Diviner's going to be, like, twice the price of Nova, so it's not that bad, I guess. Yeah, one is a side set ultra, and one is a core set secret. Unconfirmed. <laughs> so, in, so in terms of meta calls, I think I made the right calls in terms of what the representation was. I was expecting... Specifically the mirror. I was expecting a lot of the mirror. That was true. That was true. I was expecting a decent amount of dinosaur because there always is. I was expecting prank kids. And then I was also expecting Dragon Link, but not to the extent that I would need to like main or side deck a lot for Dragon Link because I didn't expect to see a lot. I was maybe surprised by the number of Phantom Knights players I played. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. That wasn't something I thought was going to be there. Yeah, a lot of. even like, though they won the Christchurch tournament, I didn't know that many people in New Zealand actually owned a copy of Torn Scales. <laughs> like, I'm not going to... No, I, I disagree. That set was opened because you could build a deck base out of it. True, true. So like I Virtual World and it's two, yeah. Two, because you've got Tri Brigades in there too. So like a lot of... Uh, I think a lot of people had access to Torn Scales. I think what I was surprised at was just the amount of people that just committed to the board going, well, I guess Dragoon wins. Yeah, there was a lot of Dragoon and I totally expected that, but I almost kind of like didn't let myself believe there would be that much Dragoon because in my head, I'm like, if everyone just makes Dragoon... I just win the game, right? Like, it, it's such a bad card against Invoke Shadol that if you make it, you just pretty much lose the game on the spot. Yeah. And I won several games stealing someone's Dragoon and killing them with it. Like, it was so easy with Triple Tactics, especially when the PKN board is like Appaloosa Dragoon. And you I'm like looking at my hand like, sick. <laughs> like, yeah. how do I lose to this? Because they set two fog blades. Guess what Dragoon can't be? targeted <laughs> yeah it's incredible like you just it's a the perfect card for the situation uh, i thought about running dragoon in my deck but i obviously opted against it um a for that reason expecting the mirror but also i just didn't like the bricks i didn't like the bricks yeah they're not really synergistic fusion materials um that at best they make a window which is just not the position you want to be in you've got better things to make window with um like effect monsters um or a removal spell yeah <laughs> so yeah, I think it was really interesting. Uh, the biggest takeaway looking at the breakdowns, Lancia everywhere. Everywhere. Every and single it, deck. It hit. Like, when people Lancia'd my deck, it hurt. Invocation turned off, turns off Schism at the right time. But it was mostly just Invocation. Like, you can um, just force someone's fusion spell to either resolve without effect or just punish them make by... Make a terrible card. Yeah, punish them by, like, forcing them to make a window with Invocation from hand, which is not what you want to do. No. So Lancia was everywhere. Gamma was very prevalent. I saw a lot of Gamma. Definitely a lot of Gamma. Um, that also I think, hurt. I think the I think Gamma is just a, a too good of a card mm -hmm. right now. Like and, it, um, it puts in the work. It just does. D Shifter. D Shifter was actually I didn't face it personally, but it was prevalent. Pure Zoo, Madolce, uh, all of them were playing D Shifter. Yeah. A lot of the graveyard based decks. And D Shifter is an interesting card because if you play it against the right deck, they just pass turn, right? Yeah. And of course, the, the, the downside being that you then have to play under D-Shifter yourself. However, multiple decks can OTK under D-Shifter. Maybe they can't build a board. Yeah. Uh, and no one was on Nibiru. So, so uh, 
a few people were on Nibiru I did on the see side. Nibiru, but, but, but funny thing is it was, yeah, definitely sided. And just, I was really interested to just find out that a lot of people were just like, nah, it doesn't hurt. And I mean, I agree. Well, what is it? Hurt. I mean, like Dragon Link, your best bet is if you hit a weak hand with Nibiru, you can't Nibiru invoke Shadol. Someone tried and it was very funny. And um, like PK, you uh, obviously PK, the biggest culprit right now. Oh, and um, Prank Kids. But even now, yeah. like, the, like, so, the combo of Prank Kids has been so fine tuned to a matter of going, I can make a board without losing to Nibiru because of the addition of a card like Meow Meow Moo. Uh, like it actually foolproofs the, the end board. Well, they can end up with all the prank kids in hand and then end on just like a Bow Wow. Not even that. You So many times I saw Andrew just tribute Dodo, add back his cards and then just pass turn with exactly. the monsters on Set board. Exactly, pass yeah. to play around. Nibiru, Nibiru. Impermanence, uh, you know, like anything yeah. that really which interacted, have, which is... Um, Beautiful gameplay. Which, of yeah. course, immediately loses to Twin Twisters, and that's how mm. I was kind of testing against Prank Kids, was like putting in Twin Twisters, forcing them to kind of commit to that decision of, do I play around Nibiru or do I play around Twin? Most of the time playing around Nibiru, they would just lose to Twin in the standby phase. It was just like a free instant win button, yeah. which is because, of course, Prank Kids' Pandemonium can only be activated during the main or battle phase. Only the main phase. Only the main phase, Don't, exactly. Um, yeah. You can't... What's... Wayne... Wayne from somewhere continually activates Pandemonium during the battle phase. Yeah. Very funny. I mean, they're just so used to activating, you know, like good fusion spells like El Shadol Fusion that I understand. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think my biggest surprise was the lack of Zodiac. I yeah, me was too. really surprised to it, see that there was little to no representation during the Swiss, but a lot, obviously, during the finals. Well, both players topped. And I mean, I was very prepared for Zodiac. Obviously, it was what I play. Obviously, I lost to it in the top eight, but I, I don't feel like I lost to uh, the things that I was preparing for. Like, I didn't lose to Zeus. I didn't lose to, to Eldritch so much. Um, of course, Zodiac is just free to run as many different tech hand traps, main deck things as they want. Uh, running droplets. A lot of people were running droplets. And yeah, I, I think the interesting thing about this all is it does carry over into the remote duel thing and the LCS. I think mm. whatever we were playing over here, minus Dragon Link, was pretty much the same stuff. We weren't making off calls. There were a lot of prank kids at LCS. There were a lot of uh, Invoke Dogmatica. A lot, of, lot, of, lot of Dinosaur. Yep. And, and all of those kind of topped in a similar ratio. Like there were what, like three prank kids in top? Yeah, at LCS? Was, yeah, I thought it was like four or five. Yeah, there was a there lot was, of prank kids. a really decent amount of prank kids. So it's definitely not a meme. It's definitely not like a New Zealand meta, haha, prank kids win. Like that deck is a serious contender. And I think people underestimate the ability for that deck to play under Mystic Mind and the ability oh. for that deck to just like droplets its whole hand away and then OTK you. I mean, the beauty, the beauty about prank kids and why Dinosaur fit under that same caliber is because they just have a field spell that does work for them. Yeah. Like, so if your deck just has a field spell, you go, great, I'll just and get rid of mine when I need to. Like, that's it, you literally couldn't ask for more. Exactly. Uh, and I think it's worth even, like, you know, we should probably do a follow-up episode, I thought, like, just on the topic of Mystic Mine and how to play around it, because it's a thing that I actually saw a lot of people just playing really badly into on, on the Swiss tables. Also, you won an event with yeah. Mystic Mine. So I've played pure Mystic Mine, and pure Mystic Mine is its own sort of beast, because that deck is literally a race. Like, you actually play Final Countdown, so... You know, Liberal it's about who can well. draw their outs the fastest. But in terms of like a meta situation, Mystic Mind is a super interesting card. Um, 
there are a number of cards in Yu-Gi-Oh's history that kind of resemble Mystic Mind, but unlike Kaiser Colosseum, Mystic Mind has a lot more like of a technical uh, play option uh, because, you know, Kaiser Colosseum was degenerate in that it didn't allow you to literally summon monsters. It locked you out of one of the most baseline Yu-Gi-Oh mechanics. Mystic Mind doesn't actually do anything. It just says your monsters can't activate. What is, what's the flavor text on, on Nullrod? It doesn't do anything? No, it does nothing. Yeah, yeah. that's my favorite. And it's yeah. just because that's that's the interesting thing about Mystic Mine is how it forces you to kind of play the game differently. Well, and not only that, but we saw a lot of main deck outs to anything relatively problematic to mm. that. I mean, Medolce, you know, for, as we saw going forward, they have Promenade, which can just negate Mystic Mine. Yeah. Uh, hot uh, t- Dragon Maids have, ti- or Dragon have Tidying to bounce it back. Um, a lot of main deck cosmic too. a lot of main deck cosmic obviously Eldritch having the access to the traps to traps is a really incredible and Eldritch um, himself under Mystic Mind you can still use his effect if there's a field barrier that's more of a pure matchup but, but no you can't you can't use his effect if you've got a monster you can't activate no I'm saying in the pure matchup when it's like Mystic Mind only yeah when they go like mine field barrier pass you can actually out that with Eldritch because yes. you have no monsters on the field same with um, Nadir Servant is technically an out to Mystic Mind because if, got if you've got no monsters, you can send Entis and it, it can activate. Yeah. Which actually happened to me. That's how I lost my one round of Swiss when I was playing Mystic Mind Pure. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, mine is overperformed. I think Lancia overperformed. I think Gamma overperformed. Um, and I think it's really interesting to see like these little caveats of, uh, you know, tech cards or just cards that a lot of people either refuse to play because they don't believe in it or maybe <laughs> cards that you know weren't too prevalent in the previous format um oh, yeah. now come to fruition like i wouldn't be playing lancia in the previous format because it was like v-dub drytron i wouldn't be maining it i yeah. definitely would side it, it. For vw it's an incredible card but yeah but i wouldn't be maining it with this, yeah. this format where it's mained and I, I just mean, couldn't like, think of a deck that, that it didn't hit. Minus Prank Kids, which whatever, that's like an extremely rogue pick. Well, no, yeah. I mean, like, that's also... They, they hits, don't do any banishing anyway. And if you're the other style player, it just, it's the light target. It hits Shadows. It hits Dragon Link. It hits Eldritch, Dinosaurs, Phantom Knights, and Rogue. Well, uh, yeah. To some extent. I saw a lot of evenly matched, so it was anti-evenly matched. Anti-evenly matched. It outs Cosmic Cyclone. There's, like, so many applications for the card right now. Yeah. And there isn't a particular deck. And I think the interesting thing about this format is I think it is still extremely low-powered. I think the format is very slow. I think there isn't a lot of OTKing going on. And I think, overall, the end boards aren't particularly strong. They're weak to, like, a single card, like Super Poly, for example. And they aren't putting out particularly gross floodgate style cards uh in the way that like world chalice can end on christia or or drytron can end on vanities in a way that turns off super poly turns Mm. off kaijus etc and so in a lower power format i think cards like lancia just see more play because you're not as afraid of your opponent literally playing Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah like in in full power formats when everything's like really insane you run hand traps that stop your opponent's turn period every time you don't want like you know, a cute card that goes like, oh, you don't get to plus off of, you know what I mean? Like, oh, against Prank Kids, Lancia turns off Roxy's draw effect. Yeah. It's cute. It doesn't stop Prank Kids in the slightest. And if, if I was more afraid of Prank Kids, I wouldn't be playing Lancia. Uh, but of course, I was playing Invoke Shadol, which is like a good matchup in all consideration. So I wasn't super concerned. Mm. But yes, in a format like when Dragon Link was at full, full power, Link Cross, etc., no one's going to play Lancia. 
because if you go up against Dragon Link, it does nothing effectively. Uh, it turns off like the Chaos, the Chaos Dragon Pop. extenders. But so right now, it's basically just saving a card getting ripped out of your hand, which you just did anyway because you yeah. lost it. Whereas right now, saving a card from hand and stopping them from Chaos extending is actually kind of dope. It's kind of good. Yeah. Like it's enough to stop Dragon Link from gaining the resources to come back after you break their board. Uh, so Lancia is extremely cool. I'm very much enjoying the card. Uh, I do see Droll coming back into the format when Diviner comes out, and I think Droll fills a similar purpose. Yeah, like, I saw a lot of side decks Droll. I don't know how much impact it had on I, the... I was not Team Droll. There was zero Mermel players, by the way, so... Yeah, no water. Good decisions, everybody. No Drytron. Like, I didn't see a lot of need for Droll. I think, honestly, the yeah. first time I saw Droll was literally the top four matchup where it was Hakawai versus Scott and Hakawai drolled Scott. Hakawai, I think, was on main droll. Yeah, but he the dinosaurs would go second, so you just yeah. run everything that you can because your deck is about 20 cards and yeah, 10. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's extremely fine. consistent. Um, so, but yeah, I think that was literally the first time I saw droll the whole game, was mm. the whole tournament, was that top four match. So do I think it's good? Yes. Do I think it was needed? Do I think it's needed right now? Probably not. No. Yes, it's a cute interaction if you droll someone after an Adir Servant. Yes, it's really cute if you droll someone after a meltdown but yeah like i'm not really droll fills the same purpose as lancia i think those two hand traps are like exactly the same strength because they have a similar effect right to me i I put them as like the three it's like droll ogre lancia they all kind of do something really similar obviously the difference is that i think i think think they're stronger than ogre because ogre is like a very specific hate card and it's quite limited in the current format because there's just so many continuous traps and, and field spells that activate on activation. Like a lot of things yeah. that annoyingly play around Ogre. But Lancia and, and Droll, they're like kind of these tier three hand traps. Like I'd put Ash and Imperm as just like the, the end all be all best hand traps ever printed. I'd, maybe Nibiru up there. Time will tell. And then underneath that, you have things like Bell. You have things like Effect Veiler cards that are like still extremely good. Um, but don't see like universal play in the way that Ash, Imperm, and Nibiru do. And then you have this tier three of things like this, uh, cards like Skullmeister, cards like um, Chaos Hunter, cards yeah. that like they impact a very specific kind of game state, but can also be just completely unplayably bad, like useless effectively. Um, whereas something like Ash or Imperm will literally come up every game that you play them. There is no single game of Yu-Gi-Oh that you won't activate one of those cards. No. Um, and I think that's why these cards see so little play, but why in a format like this, where you're just kind of like free to get away with running bad cards sometimes, that they actually end up being more impactful because they can help fix your bad matchups. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the tech is always really important uh, going forward. Is you just got to take away what you learned from a tournament in any circumstance and go, right, what worked against my deck and what didn't? Or yeah. What worked for my deck and what worked against it? Like, uh, it's always really hard to kind of, you know, make that meta call. But I think once you can understand what cards work for and what work against, I think you begin to better yourself as a duelist. Absolutely, um, yeah. And it's a really important lesson to kind of just break away from going, well, everyone says this is good, to go, I know this is good. Yeah. It's a matter of being able to assert your own individuality as a duelist and confidence in your own playing skills and going, I am making the right calls. Yeah, and I'm very proud of my list. For that reason. Top aided, for that, for, honestly. It top aided, and like, I don't think the deck ever performed badly. I think there was one game where I bricked at a meaningful point. And of course, there were games where I opened, like, you know, only Invoked or only Dogmatica, and I lost that particular game. But I don't rate a deck based on how it does game to game. It's match wins. And yeah, the deck performed. Like, 
when it popped off, it was literally like an FTK. It just felt unfair. Like there's nothing you can do. Uh, when you open like Nadia Meltdown Shadol Fusion, it's like, well, I guess I won the game. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just feels like incredible. And then like um, the decks going second potential, I think was my favorite part. I think that was what we labbed, me and Dino. We played the same list, I should say. Minus one MST. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. We labbed the deck a lot. And, and the main thing we were focusing on was the fact that it was adaptable and could go first or second, uh, which is why we ran Tactics over something like Prosperity mainly because Tactics is just a way better going second card. Yes. And uh, it came up. Like, it came up a lot. Tactics was was game-winning. Uh, it actually almost won me my top eight match, or, or my second game, uh, because my opponent had, what, like, two cards in hand, and I managed to Tactics' his Zeus with an Ecclesia in hand, and I'm like, well, if the Ecclesia resolves, I get Fleur and win the game, and, of course, he had a Gamma. So it is what it is. He had Gamma Ash. <laughs> Stunning. So... It is what it is. But it came that close to like winning me the game. I think Tactics is probably the best spell card in the game right now. At least if you're a combo player. It's not very good in control. But Yeah, I wouldn't be playing Tactics in control. Uh, but, it, you know, it does win games. Literally, ta Triple Tactics yeah. will win you games. I, I can't think of a card since like grass that just like feels like when you resolve it you feel like you won the game you know yeah and i mean it was always it was funny we had this conversation going forward to the event you always saw tactics as, as the draw two and i always saw it as hand advantage like like it, yeah. was something, it was something that we personally just saw a card for a different well, purpose i'll correct you there when i played infernoble it was hand advantage i always resolved because the point of playing it in infernoble yeah, what hand left hunt yeah the, the, the point cards. of playing it in infernoble was to run into a hand trap and take the other one out so that you just kill your opponent 100% of the time, right? In a deck like Shadol, where the individual card quality is so good, most of the time I resolved the draw two, I won the game. Because it would be like, oh, my hand has like Dogmatica and Invoked, and I, oh, I drew into Shadol's. Sweet. Full board. Uh, so I didn't often think of it as hand information. There were a couple of times where it would maybe have been the correct call, but also when I drew two, I drew into like the nuts. So it's hard to say. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, for me personally, I've always seen Tactics Talent as, uh, I think, a card that just is, again, so versatile and... It's insane, yeah. Yeah, that card's so busted. Like, it is, it's ridiculous how effective the card is. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, f I think it just does it does it so well. It performs so well. I think, I think probably the strongest effect of Tactics is the theft effect. Not in that I think it's, like, the one you use the most. I think the fact that they power crept Change of Heart is probably what will eventually, if that card ever gets hit, make it get hit. Yeah. Because Change of Heart targets, my friend. It targets. All of them target. Brain control, mind yeah. control. They all target. Tactics is the only steel spell to ever not target. And I think that is like what sends it over the edge to me. Just because cards like Dragoon are so one-sided. And if you can turn that one-sided advantage into your own advantage, it's just utterly unfair. <laughs> like It's, it's game-winning. It is game literally. Game literally, I don't use the effect of Dragoon to negate like ever ever if I'm up against a combo deck because you just it says lose the game <laughs> you know yeah, it says discard effect. a card lose the game yeah negate an effect and if you do lose the game um yeah I, I yeah it overperforms um I think final thoughts coming out and moving forward into the meta we have mm. Ghost from the Past coming out for us next week um just because of shipping Woo. delays in New Zealand uh, Matt thinks it'll be here on Friday <laughs> Oh, I'll take that. That's some insider tea, but uh, he thinks it'll be here on Friday. It's arrived in the country. I can say that much. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Or it will arrive tomorrow, whatever his Facebook post said. 
Oh yeah, it's gone well. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I think this set is going to be. It's very top heavy. Surprise, surprise. However, I do think there are some sleeper hits in there. Um, obviously the drug unity support is really incredible. It's cool. I like um, that deck. I think that the uh, shadow support is also once again very incredible. I think that uh, you know, just thinking about how you said that your biggest loss was to Zeus is just making. Just Neshadol making your monster unaffected by card effects except its own. Hell, Neshadol off the Shadol fusion, chain block target Zeus. You going to use it? No, it becomes unaffected by the monster. No, no, no. When sent to grave, target a monster on the field. It cannot activate its effects this turn. No, that's the flip effect. No, you're mixing them up. Sent to grave is um, effectively kind of like a small mystic mine on your opponent. Like, target one of their cards. It's great. This is definitely correct. The flip effect is the protection. Oh, yeah. yeah. I gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, so that's incredible. Obviously, a great addition to the deck and also promotes more use of uh, Shikin yeah. which is probably one it of just, the best It just makes the deck, like, have. better going second, which yep. is not what it needed, but, no. like, it certainly no. helps. Uh, so that, I think, is a big bump. Uh, obviously, the uh, Sun Avalon deck, and as it entirety comes out, I will be piloting that. Will it be good? We don't know. Um... Listen, you make it good. That's the thing about Yu-Gi-Oh decks, right? Yeah. Like, people will often harp on about like good and bad decks, Warrock meme deck, etc. Y'all hey, can it lose. Sneak peek. I am bad. Yeah, Warrock for like hot split second. If you really want to, you can make any deck playable. You know what yes. I mean? Like, people have done incredible things, and I think like um, Sun Avalon is just this really cool shell. I love Sun Avalon. I think it's so cool. To me, I we I had this conversation today as well. Is it's just like if you are confident in you playing a deck that brings you joy, but you are also playing it with the fact that you know it might not be the best. Awesome, perfect. Do that. Don't I, attempt like I think live like play your dualist life as if you were you know, just enjoying every moment that you had as opposed to wanting to better something that you know that you aren't committing to. Like, mm. it's really hard. To, it's I mean, you are literally just like yelling at a brick wall, going like, do better. Nothing's helping. Like, nothing helps by that. Yeah. Make, work on you and work on your skills and practice to better your skills as a duelist. Yeah. Like, obviously, some decks don't have the ceiling. Yeah. That's, that's a period that's, thing, right? That's on period. I've read the Sun Avalon cards, and this is my challenge to you, Ruben. I think the ceiling's high. I think uh, the listen, I'm in. I'm in on the deck. I, what will, I, I will get the cards. What I see from Sun Avalon is a very consistent two-card engine to get to like a decent boss monster. Yeah. I see spells and traps that do something, and I see an easy line for OTKs. I think it gets a little bit better when Lightning Overdrive comes out because we get the new plant link for. I think that card kind of slaps. Yeah, the Samsaric cycles, yeah. So like, I think it maybe takes a couple of cycles of, of support. But I mean, like, this is a shell. You know, This deck is not a deck. It's like a it's a little engine to get to a board presence. Yeah, I mean, nothing you can... locks you into anything. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, make B-Sav Herald, <laughs> but, you know. I can't. Link you, Cross is gone. You can yeah. kind of... No, you still can with Aurora Dawn. But you can kind of think in that realm of, like, what what can I do with this deck that, like, people haven't worked out, so... That'll be fun. I Yeah, I'm excited to Avalon. And then, obviously, uh, in a couple weeks, we also have our Ancient Guardians will be coming out. And Woo. I will be getting that set. Doremi Cord. Doremi Cord. Unfortunately, not playable till their Link comes out, but still cool. And the spell. No, the spell's in the set. Spell's in the set. The Link is not. No. The Link slaps. The, the Ancient Guardians is broken spell, the yeah. set. And, of course, I'm looking out to the future and just kind of, like, questioning what in the world 
are we going to do with Shadal? Because we're getting like 35 new support cards in the direct next couple of sets. Indirect, yeah. It's like mostly indirect, but like good lord does some of those cards just say Shadal on them. Which is interesting because like Shadal feels like this problem child of Konami that they tried to bury and then brought back. But they're living, man. They're saying like Shadal players eat. <laughs> Bone appetite. Here's two new main deck monsters, an entire new archetype that synergizes with fusion summoning. And then just like, I don't know, Alba's support. Yeah. Good luck. Give Have it a fun. go. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm look always looking forward to the future, looking forward to more events now that we've actually had a taste. Um, this is the first event of the year, literally the first event of the year. Yeah, I guess so. There wasn't... Yeah, North Island Champs was November. Yeah. And there is a there is a sort of tournament going on in uh, like a couple of weeks. The Bay Dragon. Bay Dragon $500 tournament. I'll be there. Screw it. I might as well ride this wave, right? Yeah, go for it. Pop if, off wave. If I want like a name for myself, which is eventually the goal. Mm. You got to win everything or at least top everything. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'll, I'll have some kind of new, new stuff for that event. Yeah. And we'll be back next week to kind of break down more news. Um, hopefully discuss ghosts from the past and its impact. Uh, if any, um, however, I always am looking forward to new sets. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Glad yeah. to be back. I'm Ruben. And I'm Lucas. And you've been listening to the, the face downs. downs.